Welcome to Friendship with God with our Bible teacher Tom Cantor. Today's message and previous messages can be listened to or downloaded for free at friendshipwithgod.org. Friendshipwithgod.org. You can also obtain free resources from Tom Cantor and view our online bookstore at friendshipwithgod.org or call us at 800 247 3051. 800 247 3051. Tom Cantor also has a daily devotional verse that comes out each day by email and on Facebook. To receive this small daily devotional verse that Tom Cantor puts out, you can sign up at friendshipwithgod.org, friendshipwithgod.org, or find Tom Cantor on Facebook by searching for Tom Cantor and Friendship with God. Now, here is our Bible teacher, Tom Cantor. First, let's pray. Father, do speak to our hearts now as we look to you as our teacher in Jesus' name. Amen. Leviticus chapter 1, verse 1. The Lord called unto Moses and spake unto him out of the tabernacle of congregation, saying, Speak unto the children of Israel and say unto them, If any man of you bring an offering unto the Lord, you shall bring your offering of the cattle, even of the herd, of the flock. If his offering be a burnt sacrifice of the herd, let him offer a male without blemish. He shall offer it at his own voluntary will at the door of the tabernacle of the congregation before the Lord. He shall put his hand upon the head of the burnt offering, and it shall be accepted for him to make atonement for him. He shall kill the bullock before the Lord and the priest. Aaron's son shall bring the blood, sprinkle the blood round about upon the altar that is by the door of the tabernacle of the congregation. He shall flay the burnt offering, cut it into his pieces, And the sons of Aaron, the priest, shall put fire upon the altar and lay the wood in order upon the altar. The priest, Aaron's son, shall lay the parts, the head, the fat, in order upon the wood that is on the fire which is upon the altar. His inwards and his legs shall he wash with water. And the priest shall burn all on the altar to be a burnt sacrifice, an offering made by fire of a sweet savor unto the Lord. If his offering be of the flocks, namely of the sheep, the goats, for a burnt offering... He shall bring in a male without blemish, kill it on the side of the the altar northward before the Lord. The priest Aaron's son shall sprinkle his blood around about upon the altar. He shall cut it into his pieces, his head and fat. The priest shall lay them in order on the wood that is on the fire, which is upon the altar. But he shall wash the inwards and the legs with water. The priest shall bring it all, burn it upon the altar. It's a burnt sacrifice, an offering made by fire of a sweet savor unto the Lord. If the burnt sacrifice for his offering of the Lord be of fowls, he shall bring his offering of turtle doves or of pigeons, young pigeons. And the priest shall bring it unto the altar and wring off his head, burn it on the altar. The blood shall ring out at the side of the altar, and he shall pluck away the crop of his feathers and cast it beside the altar on the east part by the place of ashes. And he shall cleave it with the wings thereof, but shall not divide it asunder. And the priest shall burn it upon the altar, upon the wood that is upon the fire. It's a burnt sacrifice, an offering made by fire, a sweet savor unto the Lord. Okay, so today we're going to, as we did last Sunday, continue on our walk into the tabernacle here. And we're going to want to look at the first offering that's described here in the book of Leviticus. It's an offering that we call, it is the whole burnt offering. As we look at this, we're going to answer two key questions. First of all, what was it? What was the whole burnt offering? And second, what does it mean to us? What's the application or what does it teach us? In order for us to do this, we've got to set ourselves to look at three parties involved in this whole burnt offering. First, 
There is the offerer. We'll call him the worshiper, the offerer. What does he do? What does the offerer do? Second, there is the priest. What does he do? What does the priest do? And third, God. What does God do? Now, the whole burnt offering here, it's really part of several offerings of the tabernacle. And the question is, first of all, what's God's intention? What does he have in mind with these offerings here? I mean, first of all, God calls his people children. He calls them children of Israel. Now, everybody wants to go to heaven. Who doesn't want to go to heaven? And the Lord Jesus made it very clear who is going to heaven when he said in Matthew 18.3, Matthew 18.3, he said, Verily I say unto you, except you be converted and become as little children, you shall not enter into the kingdom of heaven. As a matter of fact, the Lord Jesus says the goal of conversion is to become as a little child. That means that before coming to the Lord Jesus Christ, we don't see ourselves as little children. We're naturally, we're proud, we're self-reliant, we're self-sufficient. But that all has to change when a person is converted. A person has to become like a little child, transformed into a kid that relies on the Father, on God the Father, for all his needs, becomes a little child. Now, children love picture books. They can't read. They love picture books. So God the Father has decided to make a picture book for his kids. And these offerings are part of God's picture book that God the Father has made to develop the understanding, to develop the right thinking for his children. For example, one of the very important offerings here is the sin offering, the sin offering. And through the sin offering, God taught his little children what it meant to, with the term, put away, put away, put away the sin by the sacrifice or the death of an innocent victim. Through the sin offering, God taught his little children the meanings of very important words, spiritually speaking, words that were associated with the sin offering. For example, Through the sin offering, God taught his children the meaning of the word wage or wages. The sin offering showed how the wages of sin is death. The innocent one should die, should pay the ultimate price of death for sins. God taught his little children the meaning of the word substitution. Substitution. The sin offering showed how an innocent one could be put as a substitute in the place of the guilty one. And this was all through the sin offering. God develops his people's thinking to understand how the Lord Jesus Christ is the innocent one who takes the place of, is substituted for us, the guilty ones. Atonement was a word that God taught his people through, through the sin offering. It showed how God so completely could cover sins, how the guilty could be covered by the blood of an innocent one to the point where it would be impossible to hold back the love of God. It would be impossible for the wrath of God to fall on a person because of atonement, covering. And so the sin offering, what it did, God did, is he developed the thinking of his people, of his children, to understand how the Lord Jesus Christ could completely cover our sins, stop the wrath of God, and release the love of God to us. Another important word that God taught his children through the sin offering was the word application, application. The sin offering showed how the application of blood was necessary for the atonement or the covering of sins. Made that very clear. For example, in Leviticus 16, 17, 11, Leviticus 17, 11, when he said, 
The life of the flesh is in the blood, and I have given it to you upon the altar to make an atonement or a covering for your souls. It's the blood that makes an atonement or a covering for your souls. So by this, God developed the thinking, the understanding of his people, how the blood of the Lord Jesus Christ is necessary for a person to have friendship with God, and that blood has to be personally, individually applied to the heart of the individual in order for the sins to be covered. Another important word that God taught his people through the sin offering was the word transfer. Transfer. The sin offering showed how sins could be transferred from a guilty one to an innocent one. This is especially true as the offerer of the sin offering pressed his hands into the head of the animal when he was confessing his sins. As it says here in Leviticus 1.9, Leviticus 1.9, we read this, it says, it shall be accepted for him to make an atonement. So by this, by the sin offering, God was developing the thinking of his people of how our sins could be transferred to the Lord Jesus Christ so that he could pay this penalty for our sins. Another important word that God taught his people was the word through the sin offering was the word identification, identification. The sin offering showed how a person could identify with the sin offering. And by this, the person would be filled with the understanding as he did this, I should be dying, not that animal. I identify with that animal as it's dying at my hands for my sin. So the sin offering was all part of God's picture book, and it taught the meanings of these important words to the people, developed their thinking so they would understand what are wages, what is substitution, what is atonement, what is transfer, what is application, what is identification. And by learning the meanings of this, of these words through the sin offering, God developed the the thinking so that the people could see sin is a problem and God has a solution. And that prepared the people for when God presented his solution, which was himself, who became a man in the person of the Lord Jesus and died for their sin. Sacrifices were all part of God's picture book to teach his little children so they could later understand what the work of the Lord Jesus Christ really was. But the blood here in these cases of the bulls and the goats, were just symbols, only symbols, and they could never really put away sins, as it says in Hebrews 10.3. They were just picture book. They were just to teach, because Hebrews 10.3 says, but in those sacrifices, there is a remembrance again made of sins every year. For it's not possible that the blood of bulls and goats should take away sins. And then verse 9, Hebrews 10.9, Hebrews 10.9, Then said he, Lo, I come to do thy will, O God. He taketh away the first. He taketh away the picture book. He taketh away the first that he may establish the second. The second, which is what he was teaching about, the Lord. By the which will we are sanctified through the offering of the blood of the Lord Jesus once for all. So the sacrifices, they serve their purpose. And just imagine what the worshiper of God thought as he stood there with his sin offering, with this bleeding sacrifice that he has just laid his hands on, that he has just symbolically transferred his sins to, the sins that so heavily were weighing on him. What was he thinking? What is the person thinking by the sin offering there? He's thinking, my sin is serious. It caused the death of this animal. He's thinking, this animal was innocent of my sins. He's thinking, my sins transferred to that animal. 
He's thinking that animal died for my sins. It's a very dramatic picture book that God made to teach his children as the person stood there with the blood of that animal on his hands. Very dramatic. But through these sacrifices over many years, little by little by little by little, the picture begins to develop like a picture in a dark room till finally the, God gives a very clear picture of what all these sacrifices were about when it comes to the dramatic chapter of Isaiah 53. And especially Isaiah 53, 6, where really Israel's talking and says, all we like sheep have gone astray. We have turned everyone to his own way. And the Lord hath laid on him the iniquity of us all, the three parties, we the sinner, God the Father, the one who is doing all this, and the Lord Jesus Christ, the Lamb of God, who takes away our sins. Now, in Isaiah 53, 6, our translation says, the Lord laid on him the iniquity of us all. But this word laid in Hebrew is not quite the way we have it in English. The Hebrew word is paga, and paga literally means to meet, to meet together. So Isaiah 53, 6 could be the Lord made him to meet the iniquity of us all. In other words, as our sins were on the road to drag us right into hell, the Lord Jesus Christ comes there and he meets our sins. And that's what it means when the Lord laid on him the iniquity of us all. The Lord Jesus stopped our sins in its track. So this is the purpose of the sacrifices that God instituted. It's the development of thinking. It's the development of understanding of his people so they could realize what the work of the Lord Jesus Christ was. Now, one of the sacrifices that we're looking at now is the whole burnt offering. And to understand this offering, we've got to look at really eight points about this offering, and this will help us. And the first point that we're going to look at is the presentation of the person with the whole burnt offering. Whenever a person came to the tabernacle to make his whole burnt offering, he came with his animal in his hand, probably some kind of a crude halter that he had on the animal. He's bringing the animal, and he presents himself with his animal at the door of the tabernacle. You know, there was no call ahead and make an appointment system. He just appeared at the door of the tabernacle with the sacrifice in the hand, and you present yourself And by presenting yourself, you're making a statement. You're standing there with your whole burnt offering, and you're basically saying by being there, this is me. This animal that I'm leading shall die as I should die. And I'll use this animal to make a statement. The statement is put to death from Romans 8.13. Romans 8.13, if you live after the flesh, you shall die. But if you through the Spirit mortify, put to death the deeds of the body, you shall live. So through the death of this animal here, by you're standing there, you're standing there at your tabernacle. This is what you're saying without saying it. You're saying, through the death of this animal, I want to express how I want my self-life, the deeds of the flesh, where I don't even think about God, that's my self-life, but only about myself, that's my self-life. I want it to die like this animal is going to die. So you present yourself there. You're standing there at the whole burnt offering, in essence saying, I lived my life of independence from God too long, and today I want it to stop. No longer do I want to live a rebel from God. Today I want it to stop. I want to be 100% under the control, under the direction of God. That's what you're saying when you stood there with your whole burnt offering at the door of the tabernacle. So by the whole burnt offering, the person is saying that he wants 
Galatians 2.20 to be true of his life. He's saying, I am crucified with Christ. This animal will die like me. I am crucified with Christ. Nevertheless, I live, yet not I, but Christ liveth in me in the life that I now live in the flesh by the faith of the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. So this is what the offerer is saying when he presents himself with the animal at the door of the tabernacle with the whole burnt offering. Let's say that you're seeing somebody standing there at the door of the tabernacle, and you walk up to that person, and you meet him there. He's just arrived at the door of the tabernacle. He's standing there. He's waiting for the priest to say, okay, it's your turn now, so you, you can come in now, because, you know, there was a limited number of priests and so forth. But the man's standing there, and he's waiting for his turn. And so you walk up to him, and you say, what are you doing? What are you doing with this animal? And he replies to you, I'm going to make a whole burnt offering with this animal. And you say, why? What's wrong? What drives you to make this whole burnt offering? And he looks you in the eye, and with sincerity, he's so sincere, you, you could cut it with a knife. And he says, why? I'll tell you why. Because there's a burning in my heart. There's a strong desire. I am sick of my self-life. I'm sick of the life where I've been directing myself through life. I'm sick of the trouble I've gotten myself into. I'm sick of the mess that I've made of my life. I don't want to live this way anymore of independence. So I already made my sin offering, the man could say. My sins have been covered. This is not a sin offering. This is not a question of my sins being covered by the blood of the atonement. This is a different question. I'm like a slave, the man would say. I'm like a slave that I recently saw who had served his time as the servant of his master. And because he served his time, he was free to go. The slave was free to go. He could live his life no longer as a slave. But the experience of that slave, the man would say to you, the experience of that slave, what he had when he was serving his master, it made him love his master so much that he wanted to return. He wanted to return and be his master's slave forever. The slave was free. He didn't have to do it. He didn't have to return to his master, but he was happier. That slave was happier to be directed and controlled by his master. He loved his master. The master provided for him that he didn't want to leave a free life anymore. He didn't want to. He didn't want to live independent. So that slave returned to his master and declared that forever he wanted to be the slave of his master. And I watched that slave as the men of the city gathered around. The slave came with a nail in his hand. And the slave gave the nail to his master and came to the door of his master's house. And I watched his master come to the door of the house. And the slave looked his master right in the eye. And with tears rolling down his cheeks, the slave said, Sir, I know I've served my time. I know I'm free to leave your house. I know that I'm a free man, but I love you so much that I don't want to leave. I want to return to being your slave as long as I live. I know I don't have to return to be your slave, but I want to return to be your slave. I don't want to live a life independent of you. I made my life of being your slave already, but now you made my life of being your slave so pleasurable. You treated me with respect. You loved me. You provided for me completely. You cared for my life like no one ever did. And as your slave, I got to know that you love me and I love you. And I know I don't have any debt to pay, and I don't have to do this. This is a voluntary will on my part. Then the man would say, I saw that slave, and he gave to the master that nail. And I watched that slave put his earlobe right up against the doorpost of that master's house. And the men of the city were all looking. And the master took that nail from the slave's hand, 
and he drove that nail through the slave's ear into the doorpost of the house. I saw the blood running down in every one of the men when that blood ran down. All the men of the city, they, they clapped, they cheered. And the master then removed the nail from the slave's ear. I saw the blood on the slaves, and I saw the blood on the doorpost of the house. And I saw the blood on his clothes, and tears ran down my eyes, and I watched that slave and the master as they embraced each other. And I saw, and oh yes, I saw the slave's face. He was so happy. He was so content. He was so satisfied to return to his new status, that man's forever slave by choice, by choice. He voluntarily was his master's servant, not because he had to, but because he wanted to. And the man would say to you, that's what I saw, sir. And as I watched that, I thought to myself, I'm that slave. I'm like that slave. I have gotten to know God like that slave got to know his master. I've come to love God like that slave came to love his master. I can live a life of making my own decisions like that slave was free to go out, but I don't want to. I want God to make decisions for me. I want to be like that slave. I want to return now and become God's forever servant, just like that slave did. And I've come not with a nail in my hand, but with an animal in my hand, this whole burnt offering. And like that slave, the slave had the nail go through his ear. I will kill this animal with my own hands. I will make this animal my offering to God, just like that slave had his ear bored through. And the blood of that animal is going to run down my hands, just like the blood of that servant's ear ran down his neck and his shoulder. And I'll have witnesses there. And maybe he'd say to you, you'll be one of my witnesses, won't you? But the priests are going to be there. And I suppose they're going to cheer also, like the men of the city cheered when the slave was bored through with a nail on his ear. And I'm going to be happy. I'm going to be so happy. I'm going to be so content. I'm going to be so satisfied to be God's forever servant after I do this. And so then you just stood there. You're stunned with the force of this man's conviction, his desire to become God's forever servant through this whole burnt offering system here. And you just say, yeah, well, okay, I'll stay here. I'll be one of those witnesses. I'll cheer when you make your whole burnt offering and become God's forever servant. That's the first point of the burnt offering, which is the presentation of the offer or the intention. So keep that in mind. First point, presentation of the offer, intention of the offer. Second point, second point is the offering itself, the offering itself. What was it? How was it done, the whole burnt offering? Well, there's two types of whole burnt offering. There's actually one type, which is kind of in general. It was for the people. It was offered twice a day, the whole burnt offering in general. And there's two points about this whole burnt offering in general. First, like I said, it was done twice a day, and it showed the people, it showed the people, it reminded the people what they needed to do individually. They, how each person should make their own personal whole burnt offering. Those twice a day whole burnt offerings, general whole burnt offerings, were done at prescribed times, and at those times, the smoke from those general whole burnt offerings rose up over the altar of the tabernacle, high in the sky, so that everyone in the camp saw it. Everyone would be reminded of their need to make their own personal devotion to God, their own personal whole burnt offering. So it served like a reminder, kind of like the phrase, Bible before breakfast. Well, every morning you get hungry for breakfast, that can be a reminder for you. A reminder that, oh, uh, that hunger doesn't mean I need to go get the Cheerios, which I'll do later. It means I got to go sit down with God 
and read my Bible. That's the purpose of the general twice-a-day whole burnt offering, to remind the people that this is a habitual offering. You've got to keep making it. Another wonderful day studying the Bible with our Bible teacher, Tom Cantor, here on Friendship with God. Don't forget that today's message and previous messages can be listened to and downloaded for free at friendshipwithgod.org. Friendshipwithgod.org. You can also go online to find free resources from Tom Cantor and our online bookstore at friendshipwithgod.org. You can also find Tom Cantor on Facebook, and you can also go to friendshipwithgod.org and sign up for his daily devotional. Tom Cantor is also the founder of Israel Restoration Ministries. You can visit that website at israelrestorationministries.org. You can write to Tom Cantor at P.O. Box 711330, P.O. Box 711330, Santee, California, Santee, California, 92071. Or email Tom Cantor at tomcantor at friendshipwithgod.org, tomcantor at friendshipwithgod.org. Or for more information about Tom Cantor and Friendship with God and Israel Restoration Ministries, call us at 800-247-3051. What are you doing Sunday nights? Join Friendship with God radio Bible teacher Tom Cantor of the Friendship with God Fellowship Church every Sunday night at 5.30 p.m. at the Creation and Earth History Museum in Santee, California. Watch and listen live around the world to Tom Cantor Sunday evening on YouTube.com by searching for the Friendship with God Fellowship or by going to our homepage at friendshipwithgod.org. 